Welcome back, everybody. Rate, subscribe. Let us know what you like or do not like. Hopefully, you like more than what you don't like. <laughs> but this is the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. We are back for another week, another episode. This is Ryan, yours truly. And today, we want to be talking about um, a topic that I don't think we've touched on and is familiar. A lot of these topics are familiar, um, but not too familiar. I don't think we've touched on it. It's, it's obsessive compulsive disorder. It's a form of anxiety. That's why I say it's it's kind of familiar for us. But uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, you know, this is a time of year where uh, we do want to start, I think, talking a little bit more about anxieties. There's a lot of awareness around it right now as well. I, I think um, September is, uh, I think it's actually National Suicide Month. Um and then also like back to school, there's a lot of anxiety that goes around there. And this just kind of all feeds into it. Um, and we also haven't talked about it. So I, I wanted to touch on uh, a topic that we haven't touched upon. So related to anxiety it does affect a lot of people. Um, this also affects, uh, speaking of a lot of people, two to 3% of the population in the US is affected by OCD. So millions of people are affected by this. It, it is important, very difficult to live with. Um, we want to talk about this as we always ask, like, why are we kind of going into this? Uh, it's really difficult to live with OCD and, you know, you can experience significant anxiety, depression, social isolation, um, can be very hard to maintain relationships, uh, function with daily tasks, all these things that, you know, we talk about doing to make sure that you're optimizing your day to day, which this could really be a reason why you can't, right? Significant reason why you can't. So a reason why we want to discuss it. Um, a lot of stigmas focus around uh, OCD. And so um, a lot of people may be afraid to seek the assistance that they would need. Just, you know, they don't want to be judged or misunderstood. And we want to make sure that we bring some awareness around it because of that, right? This is this is not something that uh, you should be ashamed of. I think we all have a little bit of moments where we feel, I don't want to say uh, OCD. I don't think it's fair to say that I have an OCD issue, but I think there's been moments where I can understand, you know, a little bit of, of what's happening. Um, I do know people that have it otherwise, uh, and it does affect their day to day in significant fashion. And so I think, it, again, I, I think there's, it's just one, probably the biggest reason why you want to discuss this. So, um, uh, also, I think it's important, these people that have OCD, I think it's important we talk about it so they know that that there is awareness and also they know that there could be a way that this can be fixed, i.e. cannabis, right? So let's see if, you know, let's take a look and we'll dive in and, and see what we, we end up uh, getting out of that. So um, improving millions of people in the meantime, that's the hope, right? <laughs> that's always the hope on this show. Uh, and by the way, before we get started on what exactly OCD is, if you guys are finding, again, if you're new to the show, thank you so much. If you're finding that uh, the content that we that we talk about on here is helping you or can help loved ones uh, that you have in your life, please share this out. It is entirely the reason why we, we do this. This is not a money-making machine for us. This is an awareness, really journey that, um, an initiative, I should say, that our, our goal is really to to make cannabis more accessible for people worldwide, right? If we can do that, the world is a better place. If the world's a better place, everyone lives happier, including my family, which is the selfish purpose as to why I do this, right? So, uh, and I don't think that's a bad selfish reason. And I'm sure a lot of us have very similar ones ourselves. Anywho, um, thank you again. And uh, please don't forget to share uh, and, and also rate. If you guys haven't done that yet, 
please do that. That really, really helps. It takes one second to just go on Spotify or iTunes and just give us a star. Helps a ton. Thank you so much. Uh, and thank you for those who have done that. Um, all right. So what is OCD exactly? Okay. So obsessive compulsive disorder is, I get this from the, you know, our, our trusty online dictionaries that we have, uh, is a chronic mental, mental health condition characterized by intrusive, unwanted thoughts or obsessions, right? And repetitive behaviors or mental acts or compulsions is what we would call those. The person, you know, what, what's crazy is that they may realize that these compulsions or obsessions aren't realistic and that, um, are unreasonable even, right? Yet the fear and distress um, that comes with these compulsions and obsessions may not stop them from continuing whatever action it is that they're continuing in that moment, right? Even though they may believe it's unreasonable and not true, they may still do it because of the fear may be strong enough to kind of override all of that. So, but, you know, some people may ask, well, I, I have rituals and if I don't like the way my ritual goes, uh, I feel crazy and, and just, I don't like that feeling, right? Well, there is a difference between OCD and rituals. And, and sometimes that is a common misconception to equate the two. Um, a ritual can be a preference or, or a habit, which, you know, differs from um, obsessive compulsion disorder. It, it doesn't really equate to OCD. So, so to clarify... Um, a lot of people have, they like ways, they like the way things are done, right? They have preferences. They like the way their morning routine goes, or they like the way their, their environment looks tidy when they walk in, right? Uh, but these actions to keep up that level of lifestyle, to make sure that your room is always tidy, to make sure that your books are ordered the way that you want them ordered all the time, uh, may not cause them significant distress if any of those things are off, right? They may be annoyed by it. But they may just still be like, all right, I got to deal with this tomorrow when I, or I got to deal with this later when I get back from work. I got to go, right? Can't deal with this now. Um, that's that's a preference or a ritual. So a ritual or preference, just to clarify or to recap, is is, is a preference, right? It's just that. Um, you can still move on with your day. And I think that's the defining piece with between that and OCD, which is characterized by persistent, those persistent compulsions, obsessions, um, that really can interfere with your everyday life, your relationships, your overall well-being. Uh, it's just a lot of distress, right? So for example, um, when we go back to that example where that person may not like the way their books are organized or that maybe there's their living room isn't as tidy as, as they wanted it to be, someone with OCD might actually feel an overwhelming anxiety from those things being out of place, right? Feeling they, they may fear unreasonably that something terrible could happen if any of those things were, were, you know, to remain out of place or not the way that they would exactly want them to be. So they may repeatedly check and rearrange and everything may be exactly the way they want it to be, but it could be the fear that maybe they missed one thing or maybe something moved when they turned around and looked away. Right. And it, again, unreasonable fears that a lot of the times they do know that is unreasonable, not always. Right. Um, and I think because of that, knowing and understanding it adds to the anxiety. So, you know, they know what they're doing is wasting time. They know what they're doing is unreasonable. And when I mean, you know that you're doing something that isn't the best, like when you know that whatever it is that you're doing isn't the best for you or the situation, whatever it is that you're, you're trying to do, it never makes you feel better. <laughs> it never makes you feel better. So, um, not to bring light to that or anything, but it's just to, to kind of, I guess, empathize a bit on the feeling, right? Which is what we try and do. And if you can empathize, you can try and share in solving issues. Um, 
So uh, distress and dysfunction, right? And that's really a key component of OCD is the level of distress and dysfunction that it causes just from that double checking. And, and honestly, like, I, again, I'm not going to say that I have this because I've not been diagnosed and I don't believe I have it. But there are moments where I will go to bed at night and I know it's so unreasonable, but I'm like, you know what? I did not check those doors and I didn't check if they were locked and I have to go do that. And I will be so comfortable and I'm pretty sure that the doors are locked, but I will still go check them and I'll do it. And maybe as I'm doing it, I'm thinking of something else. I'm zoning out. I check them. They look locked. They go check the other one. It looks locked, but I'm zoning out thinking of something else. And I get back to my bed and I do the whole thing over again. I'm like, wait, let me just double, double, triple check. I wasn't really paying attention, right? It's so unreasonable. And, 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 and I don't do this all the time, but it's that unreasonable, like, oh, I'm not going to sleep. I, I'm really comfortable. I'm going to get out of this. Maybe I won't fall asleep again as well as I just did, right? But I have to do this or else I'm just going to have this nagging thought in my head, which you probably won't, right? So it's, it's just this level of, and, and again, that may be just my, that's my scenario in a very small sense, um, not even close to anything debilitating as far as my lifestyle goes. Uh, but if it's some level of understanding, that's what I get out of it, right? That's, that's where I see it. Um, and how I've seen it affect other people as well when I've spoken to them. Uh, how it impacts others just when speaking with them, right? Time consumption. We mentioned this. Just whether you're sleeping, whether you're late for your routine, school, uh, whatever it is, it causes time disruptions. Emotional distress, just the anxiety and distress, you know, just of constantly feeling like this anxiety of something not being the way you want it. That, that is just adds to it. Interpersonal interrelation strains. Um, some loved ones just may not understand your, your, maybe this is something you've developed and, and never used to have, or you've always had it and it's just coming out more. So some people may not get it and it can cause strains on relationships. Avoidance behavior. I think this is more of a social anxiety too, kind of tied in. And, and a lot of these issues, a lot of these um, things are, are tied with other anxieties or ailments, right? Uh, when you're talking about OCD, it's comorbid, um, which is, also, what I wanted to mention, it, it, it is paired with depression, uh, other types of anxieties. Um, so that avoidance behavior kind of ties in with that. Uh, physical impact and consequences. So th there are some compulsions that like excessive washing or checking that have physical consequences, such as skin irritations or fatigues, right? If you're just getting up, checking the door all night, right? You don't have sleeping because of that. It can cause a fatigue. And then there's the stigma, um, societal stigmas with people with these uh, these compulsions that lead again to further anxieties, shame, isolation, kind of all one in this, not one in the same, but related, I should say. So then, then it begs the question, well, how does one get OCD? If that's the right word, right? How does one obtain OCD? Several different ways this can happen. Genetic factors is one. Uh, family history is, is probably the biggest one. If you have this in your family, you're very likely, I shouldn't say very likely, it's more likely that you would have um, uh, the possibility of, of obtaining OCD yourself if someone else in your family has it. Uh, there isn't a single gene, but there have been, um, I guess, uh, a little bit of research that uh, where genes involved in the serotonin system have played a role in OCD, they've seen, uh, researchers, when I say they. Um, so something to look out for there. There are neurological factors, brain structure and, and, and function, essentially. So... Uh, when you look at brain imaging, uh, people with OCD often have differences in the frontal cortex and the subcortical structures of the brain. And these regions are involved, are the regions that are involved in behavior, 
reactions to the environment, filtering and processing thoughts, all of those, those different concepts, neurotransmitters, um, any of these imbalances or irregularities in neurotransmitters like serotonin, uh, like we just mentioned, are often related to OCD. How else? Well, we can look at behavioral and cognitive factors. So some theories suggest that people with OCD associate certain objects or situations with fear, right? So kind of similar, you know, if, if, if you do something and it gives you a fear once, uh, kids, you see this all the time, right? Like something scares them and they like they kind of but as soon as you see them going into that same pattern maybe something happened on the school bus i don't know that was really scary and they may be scared to go on the school bus the next day right because it's it's just the fear factor thing uh so behavioral can kind of lead to obsessive compulsive disorders and again maybe the social anxieties as well kind of tie into that and then there's cognitive theories um you know individuals who may in, in, misinterpret their thoughts uh, they may have someone without OCD may have a disturbing thought and just dismiss it. But someone with OCD may not be able to let go of thoughts and, and they just ruminate and they think and think and think and they can't like someone's talking to them and they're just going to keep thinking about, you know, being distracted and can't really hang into conversations. Right. Because of that. Um, environmental factors can cause OCD. So childhood traumas, physical, sexual traumas, and abuses uh, can lead to OCDs in some individuals. We also have um, development effect, developmental factors. So age, uh, usually typically, you know, younger childhood and, and adolescence is when you'll start to see OCD signs emerging. And so the way it actually happens. So then, you know, when you're looking at like what OCD actually does, so that's how like, you know, different ways it can emerge, but what does it actually, you know, do? How, how does it function? Well, there, there really isn't a clear answer, which doesn't lead us really to clear um, solutions as well, for the most part, except for maybe addressing the broader uh, concern or the broader ailment, which I think is anxiety at the end of the day, it seems. But when you're looking at, you know, functions and how OCD functions, it, you know, one option is looking at the neurotransmitters and serotonin. Um, this, you know, neurotransmitter plays a huge role in mood and anxiety, compulsion disorders, just the regulation of all of those. And um, a lot of uh, OCD treatments will target the serotonin system. So SSRIs, for example, uh, would be a medication that someone would take to really target that serotonin system to help them relax and not have the anxieties that come with OCD, right? Um, brain structure. So there have been uh, studies that show that there's different uh, differences in brain structures when we're looking at OCD and, and those without as well. Uh, the corticostriatothalamocortical CSTC circuit, I will never say that again. can't believe I said that so smoothly. Sometimes I do that on here. You guys know that. Um, <laughs> this is a neural loop that affects the brain structures. It affects the neurotransmitters. It, it kind of like serotonin it affects everything above and it really helps uh, in filtering and processing thoughts and actions. So uh, those with OCD may have increased CSTC circuit activity uh, that can lead to potential repetitive thoughts and actions, you know, that would be similar under the OCD disorder, right? And then we have cognitive processes, um, just uh, maybe overestimating threats, right? Believing 
that having a bad thought is more really it could be equivalent to carrying out a bad action, which it, it isn't, but you just can't like get that thought out of your mind. Right. So there could be cognitive processes that lead to OCD and then behavioral aspects that lead to OCD. So just like classical conditioning can lead to OCD development. So for example, somebody, you know, washes their hands to alleviate fear of contamination when they're young and they just always have that fear and then it becomes a habit. Right. And it's kind of like an anxiety that sticks with them all the time. And that's not a bad one. That's not the worst one, but if you're doing it excessively, it could be right. You don't want to like dry your hands out and start bleeding. Right. And that could be a result of something like that. Um, and then obviously the genetic component we talked about before. So, so there really isn't a clear answer. There's a lot of insights that we have from some research that I'll post, uh, but it really is kind of like an interplay of multiple factors, psychological, biological, environmental, that really add to the OCD, um, I guess, really coming about in an individual, right? So, okay, we have talked now for a long time, and sometimes we do this where we have not mentioned really cannabis, and that's where the rubber hits the road here, right? <laughs> that's what we call rubber hitting the road in these episodes when we talk for a while and, and don't really understand the lay of the land and don't talk about cannabis on a cannabis show, right? Well, sometimes you got to do that. If you really want to understand how cannabis can assist, you got to understand what it is you're talking about first. So um, a lot of different things we can consider, obviously, with, with OCD, a lot of different research still that is forming, but obviously the endocannabinoid system uh, is the mood regulator of the body, right? We know this and we know that cannabinoids binding to those receptors can affect the mood. And the CBD um, release can affect, as we know, uh, both the CB1 receptors and the release of serotonin, uh, which assists it also releases anandamide, uh, which helps plug into the TH1, the CB1 receptor, which also helps mood regulation. So endocannabinoid system, the you know, cannabis obviously will supplement that, and it's really going to going to assist with, and well, it's been shown to assist. Within, uh, with individuals that have OCD disorders, right? I should say OCD disorder. I should just say OCD because I'm saying disorder twice, technically. <laughs> Anywho, um, and then obviously, uh, we just talked about this a second ago, the serotonin system, CBD affects the serotonin system. Um, it, it could enhance, it's, it's suggested that CBD could enhance serotonin receptor signaling that uh, SSRIs, the type of relief they provide, it could be similar type of relief that cannabis can provide through that same mechanism, right? Neurogenesis, um, chronic anxiety can, and stress can actually reduce neurogenesis, which is the formation of new neurons in the hippocampus. And this is a region of the brain that is associated with memory and emotion. So CBD has been shown uh, potential in promoting hippocampal neurogenesis, which might help counteract this effect, right? And then obviously, we, I, you know, anxiety reduction on here is, I guess, my number fourth point, definitely not least. Um, obviously, we know it can help with anxiety. Cannabis can, especially high CBD strains. And because OCD is such an uh, anxiety-ridden ailment, we would want to target it for that purpose alone, essentially. Fear extension. Fear extension uh, is kind of under anxiety, I would say. Um, you know, it, Confronting your fear is is a type of exposure therapy that we would may want to consider. But um, starting with that, uh, adding you know cannabis or high CBD could be that exposure could be the pre exposure therapy needed to kind of get you in a position to start 
extinguishing that fear, right? So for example, if you, uh, you know, if you don't like speaking in front of a bunch of people and all of a sudden, you know, the best, I mean, not all of a sudden, but the best way to, to really take care of that is to get in front of people and start talking, right? So if, you know, if you can't do that, it just completely debilitates you, which it does for a lot of people. One way to assist is to take away that, that feeling that is debilitating you, which is something I don't say all of it, because if you, if you do too much, um, and you have no anxiety, then whatever speaking engagement you're going to have is just not going to go well because you're not going to care, right? It's kind of what's going to happen. However, to get you on stage in the first place, absolutely. Like it, it's a great way to to just kind of lower that um, barrier that you may have and get over that fear essentially, right? Over and over again. And, and, and finally, that anxiety, social anxiety, speaking anxiety, whatever it is may just kind of fade away right? If you just expose yourself over and over again. Um, and that doesn't have to be speaking. It can be just be, you know, a lot of people with social anxieties just cannot go to a group event without freaking out. And and they can't speak in front of a group without, without just having just ho- not horrible, but just crazy fear running through their mind while they're doing it. Right. And, and cannabis can really help with kind of just distinguishing that because if you have that crazy fear, you just can't function at your optimal self. And that, again, is what all of this is about. Um, and then obviously, you know, cannabis has the chill out effect or the anti-compulsive effects, right? You're not going to be compulsively checking or worrying about something. It just will help you chill out a little bit. Um, so benefits, obviously, I think of utilizing cannabis to reduce OCD. If this is something that that you're considering and, and you want to consider, uh, anxiety reduction, number one, OCD is heavily, heavily entrenched in anxiety, as we know. So to really kind of go at, go at it from that perspective, I think maybe your um, maybe the most optimal way to really look at assisting OCD with cannabis. Mood elevation, uh, obviously, it'll bring up your mood. If your mood is is happy, then OCD may may fade away at that point, right? Improve sleep. Um, I mean, this can cause so many issues if you're not well rested for the next day. And so if, if OCD is keeping you up at night for possibly a reason that, you know, a similar example that I gave earlier, you can consider something like cannabis to assist with uh, helping you sleep better at night and keep that OCD away. Potential reduction of compulsions, kind of similar to what we've just all been saying, so I won't go into that too much. Alternative or pharmaceuticals. Um you know, one benefit is there are pharmaceuticals that like SSRIs that can assist with OCD. And the benefit of utilizing cannabis is that you don't have to look at um, utilizing a pharmaceutical and add any of those side effects as well, which again, talk to your doctor. We are not medical professionals, but a lot of people have seen benefits. So definitely something to consider as, as you know, as expected. Um, Enhanced relaxation. Again, if you have anxiety, you want to feel relaxed and, you know, you may be able to combine it with other therapies as an adjunctive therapy, right? Maybe there's something else you're doing, or you have a loved one that's doing that's assisting them or uh, working to, towards assisting them and distinguishing their OCD or minimizing it, um, mitigating it. And there could be, uh, you know, cannabis can assist with that therapy as well as it has with many other types of therapies. So um, that's it guys. I, I hope uh, this was helpful. Uh, this is, you know, again, I think something that I'm happy we're talking about, uh, a lot of people have this type of anxiety, this form of anxiety, and absolutely, I, I think should be considering cannabis as a safe and healthy alternative to, um, to help 
uh, rectify that ailment. So let me know what you guys think. Um, I hope this is helpful. Uh, if you guys have any comments, um, if you have any questions, as always, please, please, please reach out at the cannabis at gmail.com. I love it when you guys do, you can always, um, reach out to us also on Instagram at the cannabis C. Uh, that is our handle there as well. And we will be on with more new content. Um, we've been adding some snippets as well. I'm trying to go back and just, we have a lot of content now. So I'm trying to pull a lot of content from the past to help you guys, uh, just, um, kind of focus on more of the basics of cannabis use and and maybe you know if you want to listen to just i guess a little short episode that we take from one of the bigger ones that's kind of the goal uh to just add more value to what it is that we're doing and we don't have to recreate more to do that either but um let me know what you guys think of all this stuff i had more than that coming as well cannot wait to do it again next week i hope you guys are all having an awesome awesome start to the fall or should i say end of summer i won't do that to us yet it is the the end of summer not the beginning of fall however i love fall Um, for a lot of different reasons. And I'll talk about that once we get there too. Okay, done rambling today, guys. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you guys next week. Talk to you soon. Peace. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi and I'm the founder and host of Chicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has canna conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network.